Hey everyone, welcome to the 5-1 Volleyball Podcast. Got a different one for you today again. I think this is the first three-person podcast we've done. I sat down with Everett Delorme of Volleyball Source and Rob St. Clair of the VLA to discuss a lot of Champions League and also a few other topics in volleyball. Um, I cut some stuff out of the podcast, so if you want to hear the full thing, go to Volleyball Source 2.0 on YouTube to see that. Since we didn't do the European Volleyball show this week due to some technical difficulties, hopefully this will be a good replacement. And let me know what you guys think of the group episodes, because I do enjoy doing them, sitting down with the guys uh, and talking some volleyball. Anyway, hope you enjoy the episode. start our volleyball talk with it with a good discussion should shawan start next uh in the oh my god uh and here's right, the yeah, case for it teister horse uh not playing that well he's i feel like in the last couple weeks he's really slowed down he's almost the borderline liability playing in uh, position two right now alexander tanasevich clearly not healthy there, there's no. there's no chance like he's, he's the last person that would start at opposite right now Agreed. I think Heinz finally Mus- figured that out. Mashi Musai is not gelling with the team. He, he there's must be something going on in practice. He's not. He doesn't have him and Trevika Trevitsa have not figured out the set together. It leaves only one choice, guys. Shawan, <laughs> Shawan at opposite, just like he did I, in Warsaw. Remember, ever you'll remember this in Warsaw. Dude, this the exact is, same thing happened. This is what I'm saying. Okay, Shawan has. He is a second half of the season guy. You know. No, he's, no, he's, 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 still, a last, like, he's a last tenth of the season guy. Okay, well, <laughs> I digress, okay? Going back to Warsaw, 2008-18, I, I believe it was, and, you know, there was a point where I'm watching Warsaw games, and I'm like, ah, oh, crap, that's Shawan in the stands, in his, like, normal clothes, because they had, uh, I forget, they had a Brazilian right side, and then they went and, and picked up uh, Bartosz Kierk when Secession uh, folded that Raphael year. and then Raphael Rujo, yes thank you and then so, so Shawan's in his like civvies and I'm like this isn't good but then become playoff times Arujo's gone because he's like I don't want to play back up on Kirik Kirik gets injured and Shawan's popping off for 20 plus friggin points in the semifinals and helps Warsaw get their best finish ever in the plus Liga so yeah I'm all for like Shawan and like we saw we saw the fire that he brought uh, in that Modena game. Like, we saw it. We were all commenting on it. He hit a great ball out of system. I spoke it into being. Right? Did. I, did. I, I, I called it. I was like, bring in. Um, you called it at the beginning of set three, and he came in about 15 <laughs> points in. And sure enough, any chance that Perugia had in that match actually did come from Shawan. Right, like, I will like, give you that. They He, he came in. And it was 15-10. He got the side out. It was 15-11. He got it up with his serving, including an ace, was putting pressure on the, the rest of the time to, to 15-14. Made a service error, okay. But then they sub him out, and then Modena goes back on the run. Like, guys, like, Heinen, what are you doing? Didn't end up battering. Perugia beat him in the second leg. So I, I, that's a good case for Shawan, which you two Canadians can't help but make the case for him. Uh, my case against him is that it's not it's not anything about Shawan, it's about Trevita. He sucks. Uh, we've been we've been very low on Dragon Trevita all year long. Uh, I don't understand how it could be hard to set the ball to people like Wilfredo Leon. He's got to be the easiest guy to set of all time. He's such well, a big window. He doesn't need speed. It, but yeah, Trevita just wants to run this this offense, and I just can't put my finger on why it just doesn't look fluid at all. But I think it comes down to which of the million opposites on Peru to Trevita's most comfortable setting. And if that happens to be Teister Horse, then so be it. I don't think he's very good either. I think, I don't, I'm not sure he's a liability, but he's extremely low ceiling, way lower than any of the other three opposites on, on the team. I just, I think Shawan got a look early in the season. You talked about him not being a, an early season guy. It didn't go very well. And Heinen's just like, screw it. Uh, this experiment is over. They brought in Masia Mujai, and they're, I think they're much more likely to 
throw him out there and see what happens and they're as likely to do as Shawan. I, I I don't see it. Uh, it's not that it shouldn't happen, but I don't see it happening. I don't think there's any way. I mean, I'm I I also agree with you there. Like I 100% obviously you I you can tell that I want that to happen and I think that should happen, but it's very clear that old man Trevizo over there is too busy about getting more neck tattoos than, you know, <laughs> setting the ball. Although I will say, I will say that I do think that Trevizo's game in the second leg, like Trevizo's ability to set a fast offense more very often really allowed Perugia to to dominate. No, I think that I don't think it was that big of a Trevizo difference. I think it was a serve and pass battle difference. Uh, Perugia did not serve well in the first match. They did in the second match. They didn't control the ball. Like Modena definitely out ball controlled them in match one. Uh, Perugia won that battle in match. No, two. dude, I, check check the stats. Perugia outpassed Modena like a double. Perugia's over like Perugia's positive uh, uh, passing rating was like fifty six percent, and their their like perfect rating was at 29 whereas Modenus was 33 and 16 so like it even like I, I wrote it in my in my article like it even goes further on Trevizo because they were passing dimes and then you know they just weren't able to to convert on anything like that's I don't how bad Trevizo was game man. one I, I Trevizo sucks I think we're all we all agree on that I don't understand <laughs> passing stats like the uh, I, I wish that the whole Here's world would, would bring the three-point scale Thank you, thank you. I, the, the whole I world should do it, stats like American volleyball does. It's stupid. I fully agree. I'm hundred percent with you. With you on that, I will see it as a, a perfect, as a uh, perfect execution, as they call it. I see that as a three pass, and a positive pass is a two pass. That's the way I see it. What, whatever. Uh, who, who knows? Guys, really, guys. There's what? one last angle on the Shawan thing before we move on. And the, hear, hear me out. Hear me out here. Uh oh. <laughs> Spring 2018, when Warsaw was making their run, right before Shimon pops off, Drake, a Canadian artist from Toronto, releases Scary Hours, a, oh, an EP no. <laughs> with God's plan on it. Shawan is a big Drake fan. In, in Spring he, 2021, he Drake releases Scary Hours 2. Shawan even actually this is the last last night last night last night as we're filming this I so now right now, now that Drake has released new music that's it's it's literally energy. three songs that, that might be enough that might be enough Rob <laughs> I'm I'm actually totally here for this storyline I think that's amazing <laughs> I'm just saying if it happens this way I think we know what caused it all right it's, you heard it here first it's, it's Drake for sure undoubtedly. Started from the bottom, and now Shawan is here. Hey, man, they're from they're from the same city. Got it. Got to got to represent the six. Have you ever been here, Rob? You ever been no, up to the six? No, I've never been to Toronto. Uh, my Canadian experience is limited to Windsor, which I could see from from my Detroit Ooh. apartment balcony. So Ooh. that's it. That's all I've got. Oh no, Windsor like <laughs> Windsor, <laughs> Windsor like every other Canadian town. The people are lovely, fantastic people in Windsor. I played Everyone. volleyball there once, and it was an absolute waste of my time. But at least I played volleyball in another country. That was cool. <laughs> really? I feel like Windsor actually has a has a has a pretty good scene. It was co-ed. Um, I hate co-ed volleyball. Oh, that's why. hard. Hard that's disagree. Cool. I love yeah, you're, you're you're about the co-ed life, eh? Well, I'm sh- I'm I'm a short guy hitter, so of course I love co-ed. <laughs> that's that's fair. Um, but uh, but yeah, Windsor not not really much offering much. I, I I love the people that I've met there, but the only time actually that's not that's not true. The only time I've been to Windsor, we beat the U.S. in 2015. So I take that back. I like Windsor. The only place I don't like is Edmonton. Ed, me and Edmonton don't get along. <laughs> well, I don't get along with either of you two Canadians. So there, my <laughs> national team is better than yours. Uh, we can talk about that later. Uh, back to Europe. I, I, we we need to, <laughs> we need yeah, to yeah. Co- cover but, what's. What's Let, let's, right now. let's talk about let's talk about well i mean we, we pretty much talked about golden set number one um they dominated week like week one was modena at peak form and i think we talked about it a little bit in the, the chat how i find that like modena was just working so hard for their points you know like they had to be so perfect they had to execute perfectly to be able to compete with with uh with perugia in in week two and they just they just didn't have the horses to do it i agree with that that's been the thing with them all year uh 
it was it was the perfect storm in week one. Perugia did not play very well at all, and Modena had just about everything working. And and Micah Christensen said it in this post match interview in leg one. He was like, "Yeah, we know that next match next week is not going to be even close to the same as this." Uh, I, I Dan and I love how candid he is, and uh, he's absolutely right. Uh, there's there there was nothing about that second match that was going to be similar to the first. And sure enough, even Perugia at I don't know, 80, 85% of their true peak maximum um, kind of mopped the floor with Modena. It was, it was a little bit depressing. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely was. It was like a 15-5 golden set. Plotnitsky yeah. went on that nine-serve run. Leon had three blocks in it. Like yeah. it, was, it, it, was, it was an utter domination. It was nasty. It, yeah. it's, uh, I felt bad for Micah Christensen. Like, who, who do you set? You can't set anybody at that point. Like, if 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 Ole is putting on that kind of pressure and you can't set middle, and you're Modena, and your options are Lavia, Petrich, or Vittori, uh, nah, who do who who do you go to? And the answer yeah. was nobody. Yeah, pretty pretty much. And uh, Perugia moves on. Which I mean, it James was like Jersey lives to fight another day. Yeah, it was like like to me the idea of not having Perugia was like gonna be a crazy one. Like heading into that match, I was like, I really want to see how Modena acts in the first set because if they don't win the first set, to me, like it's done. And yeah, Perugia, Perugia fought back. They only Unlike, needed, Modena only needed to win two sets, which was the the story for most of this entire week. Was teams going in almost all of them that won the first matches knew they only had to win two sets. And like especially on the women's side, and then with with Zenit Kazan, that became that took a lot of the drama out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, absolutely. How do I, I don't know how I feel how how I'm like back and forth on on the uh, on on the, on that side of things. Whether it's like whether just two sets should be enough because it's kind of anticlimactic. Like watching the Busto game yesterday, they win the the second set, and then it's just kind of over, you know. So it's, you know, at least in soccer, because I know we were trying to emulate soccer because in volleyball, we have no creativity. And we're just like, let's just do what the old whites over there do. They look like us. Um, and uh, basically, like, they're like, oh, like we need an aggregate score. So they do it with the sets, which kind of makes sense. But in soccer, like if one team scores, like you can still you could still conceivably score two goals in a minute and like change everything up, you know, so I, I kind of hate how it just ends anticlimatically in right right in the middle of it well there's no clock in volleyball first of all so that's an element that's taken out of it and the the ranking points thing i think actually makes sense because i I do like it philosophically comes down to should a 3-2 win be worth the same as a 3-0 and 3-1 win um and the arguments are for that is yes a win is a win if you win the match you win the match but the argument for that is against that is that if you lose 3-2 it should definitely be different than losing three nothing. Um, so that 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 idea has gone from like the very top levels all the way down in volleyball right now. And it's just the ranking points thing is is how tournaments work. It's how all the FFV tournaments work. It's how uh, Champions League breaks ties in the fourth round. I actually think it's a good way to do the the home and away in in the playoff phase. Uh, you get golden sets, which is sick. Golden sets are awesome unless they're fifteen to five. And then, but I mean sometimes. When a team wins two sets, it's over in the second leg. It's just yeah. how it is. Dan, CEV side, what are your thoughts on that? What do people in the building say? Um, I mean, yeah, there's pretty like set in stone as to what it is right now. I think there's been some proposals to change it. But uh, no, I think it, it, we just found that most of this, like a lot of the sets are ending 3-0, 3-1. So the ones that are able to push it to five should be rewarded in, in, in some respect. But I wonder you guys, should we take a page out of athletes unlimited and just do a uh, <sighs> aggregate points oh my god <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll touch on i'll touch on that later but just on that point real quick i just want to kind of say um because um in tennis for example like in, in tennis it's first one to, to six games but the extra set is like the seventh the seventh game within the set right so like it'd be cool if we almost have have this because like Right now, as it is, you have to win three sets, and to me, it shouldn't be a difference of, of like, three one versus three two, but it's hard. It's tough. This is maybe a conversation conversation for another time. I yeah, do. I, I, I think, don't. 
I think I in the current system, it's the best system we can have. I, that's what I was just about to say is I don't think that there's a better idea out there right now than what it is. I actually like it. Uh, I think it's great because you want to play more volleyball. So the, the home and away thing is great because it's more than just one match, at which point in a normal year, just the home team could just walk away with any match that you want to play. Uh, so more volleyball is cool. The home and away is cool. Uh, the golden set is cool. I'm kind because, of okay with it how it is. I mean, the golden set produced what was like, to be honest, I think Dan, you said it when you came on to the, the, the chat on, on Wednesday, that Perugia Zaxa match might have been Lube Zaxa. Lube, Lube Zaxa. I'm, I've made that mistake a few times. Um, might've been one of the best matches all season. It was awesome. It was awesome. I think the first Lube Zaxa match last week that Zaxa won three, one, I said it on the European volleyball show. That was one of my favorite, very favorite matches I had ever seen. and the the rematch this week was just so crazy because it was so close what was it 25 23 26 24 26 24 like i think every set was was deuce or extra points and then lube wins 3-0 goes to golden set and then it's just as close i, I it was, it's just crazy to think that like because everybody's talking about zaxa because they won they won 16 14 the golden set but they lost the match three sets to none <laughs> that, that happened right before that. It, it's, it's crazy how the, the margin that it came down to. And uh, you, I mean, I'm sure Lube is kind of pissed off, although they dug their own hole by losing last week. But they, they win a match 3-0 by a better set ratio. And then they lose a golden set on like a, a couple freak plays. They lose 16-14 and they're done for the tournament. The reigning champs and unfortunately my pick to win the event. Uh, are, are out of here. They're all they have to play for now is Scudetto. So crazy, crazy, Sorry, crazy Rob, match. You, uh, you stuck with your pick. Should, should I did. Uh, should have gotten out when you could. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm going to go down with the ship. Uh, I I don't feel bad about that. But it, it's funny because as much as I wanted my pick to hold up, I was actually kind of rooting for Zaxa. I just loved the storyline, and I'm just such a huge fan of watching them play that uh, given the draw that they got in the playoffs, the fact that they have been able to even get to where they are now to play Zenit Kazan in the semis is amazing. And now, like we like a lot of us are saying in the chat, I mean, Zaxa Zenit Kazan is probably a better matchup for Zaxa than even Lube was. I think it's very, very possible that Zaxa goes to the finals and it's it's very possible that they win this tournament. I didn't think that they would be able to get through all of the crazy gauntlet they have, but I think their biggest hurdle is now behind them. I, I honestly, I agree. I think that honestly, Zaxa, to me as a team, they were just as good as the, as the, any other ones, but I didn't know if individually those players could play like the Salika, Semenya, Kazmarek, like that, that, that trio of outsides just doesn't have the pedigree of, uh, Leal, Wantarena, even Richly, which we, we all know how you feel about him and, uh, his hair. Um, <laughs> Oh, I already <laughs> forgot. Why did you have to remind me? <laughs> in the last game. Um, but man, like those three guys came to play and they're straight up ballers. Like for me, if there was a volleyball video game right now, like each each of them would be getting a score update. You know, like each of them would be getting some more skill points because my like level that. of respect for them is way higher. Kashmarik, I, like I think Kashmarik, and, and I was saying it, and I know you don't like this, but I would pick him to be the starting opposite for Poland in in the play in in the Olympics this year. Seriously, like I thought he was so good, so impressive, and I mean he we can talk. Great. You know, let's but, talk about that later. Yeah. Uh, you're you're not kidding though. Uh, Shlivka, Semenyuk, Kazmarek are officially officially at the echelon where they can play with the big boys, and you could even call them the big boys themselves. Uh, they. Are, are reaching that elite tier as individuals and as, as a group. That's, that's a really good pin hitter trio in the world of club right now. It's really, really good. Yeah, yeah Semenyuk's going to be really tough to uh, leave off the national team roster if it comes to that this summer. And you were talking about Kachmerik. Kachmerik over, over Bartosz Kurek. But, you know, do you think you have to consider maybe a Semenyuk? Standing beside Wilfredo Leon or Sifka standing behind beside Wilfredo Leon on the on the outside hitter position. I mean, I would I would completely feel comfortable. But I honestly, 
I'm kind of feeling the vibe that you brought yesterday too. We we're talking about putting Schliefka, depending on the matchup with the team, putting Schliefka on the right side and letting him pass and just letting Leon bang away from the pipe and, 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 and the left side. And I'm, I'm all for that. Watching Schliefka's blocking too, it's so good. And that like that's Zax's blocking is so disciplined. You don't have guys flailing. Most of the guys like they don't really swing block. They just kind of go up and down. Like Salika's like his push and his pressure. Like he goes straight up and he's pushing like hits over, like fully, fully extended well, over. So many of two. And then when they drop Tony Udi out of the block, which that I can't believe they're able to get away with that against a team like Lube. It's insane that of literally two two blockers for the entire front of the net are able to stop a, a team with that much firepower. And it it's, it comes from lots of areas, uh, but the, the discipline and just the way that that team has figured out what works for them is so rare for a club team to have that such that strong identity and team chemistry and all that. Like Dan and I have talked about this on our show, how, how cool it is to see a club team kind of pull off that vibe. We see it with national teams a lot because they're more consistent rosters over the years, but Zoxa, man, they're, they're just so much fun to watch. And even if, even though, like I said, my pick has been defeated for this tournament, I'm still stoked. I'm, I'm really excited that, that Zoxa is where they are. I think it's good for the game. Can I, can I give my one point of underrated Zaxa Please. analysis that I don't think I've heard anyone talk about? Benjamin Taniyuti's serve. Really effective, in my opinion. He was the leading server in this game in terms of uh, number of serves in this one, 21 serves, uh, most on the team. And, you know, I, I felt like he was really putting uh, the team, the opponent, out of, out of uh, their, their offense and leading to some very good blocking opportunities. Obviously, it's a good thing that Tony Udi's not in the front court because that's going <laughs> to affect the block a lot. But, you know, he's, so it's two things. He's not in the front court blocking and he's back at the service line throwing some very deceptive serves. He's, he has a really weird one. I don't know if there's another player who serves exactly like him. Yeah, he contacts it really low, like the opposite of what most float servers are trying to do right now, where they have kind of have that downward trajectory. And he's just picking a a three by three square foot spot on the court and just hit it with his float serve. He's really accurate. Uh, that, that's a great point, Dan. I didn't know that he was the like he had the most service attempts. And what that means is that Saksa is scoring points in his service rotation, and. You gotta score points on serve during win volleyball matches. And of course, so, no no errors with this float serve as well. See, this is this is this is exactly why I wish we started passing on a three scale because I'd love to be like be able to look up and be like, oh, this team like Lube passed a two point one average on Toniuchi serve during this game, you know, like, and you know, like I I want that to be a stat that I know for you know from a team like i like i want to be able to to know like not only how many he like made and how many missed but like what's the average pressure he's putting on to that team you know like that's that's a stat that i would love to be able to have um you know in a in a stat sheet i agree that's how they should do passing stats but i mean a number of service attempts uh it's a huge indicator yeah, absolutely you, you can draw some pretty clear conclusions from that dan i'm glad you brought that up also he's really good uh backward defense but i think we already knew that one I think we already knew that. The whole team, dude, Pavel Zatorsky, like, are you serious? That, that like, one-armed stab that he made in left back looked so Stealing casual. souls. My like... God. <laughs> just, just perfect. Just, yeah, just, like, chef's kiss. <laughs> just just perfect. Just, oh, my God. Uh, I, I almost hate to say this, but is he the second best libero in the world right now? Is he better than Eric Shoji? Because I think he might be. Yeah. I think so. Like, I, I, yes. I, 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 I yes think that... Well. I think you can even make uh, you can make don't arguments do that, don't do it. Don't I think you can make, nope, don't even make arguments. <laughs> no, you can make arguments that he's no, better than Gravenikov, no, especially in serve receive. No, you can't. You can't. Just I'm just I'm just saying. You know, he plays he plays a different style than Grabenikov, and he's just he's very, very solid. His reads are so good. He has minimal movement to his game. Like I I love watching Zatorsky because you don't notice Zatorsky. Like he does all of the little things really, really, really good, you know. Grabenikov gets hit like no one gets hit by the ball like Grabenikov. <laughs> I will stand by that. Yeah, well, yeah, those, those two Leon bombs that he took last week in the one rally is is, is why Grabenikov is the best libero mm-hmm. in the world right there because nobody else can make those plays and that changed the match. Nobody else can do that 
and he he will forever as long as he is actively playing volleyball he's the best in the world in my opinion i don't think he can be dethroned but uh zatorski at least right now like i haven't watched a lot of falcal matches this year with eric shoji um it, it may it, we may have to just get back to national team season where i can really start watching him again but it's hard to pick against Zygtorski right now for number two. I yeah, know. I was doing a video, or I'm working on a video right now, of like the Russian All-Stars, and Shoji didn't make my list because this, this, this passing stats are not the greatest, I have to say, in Russia. Not bad by any means, but... who uh, Who's your libero? Is it Golubev or someone else, or Kermunin? Go, Golubev, yeah. Golubev is a monster. That... Really? Uh, <laughs> that VNL finals that Dan, you and I were at in Chicago, like the, I think the reason why Russia won that tournament is because of how well Golubev passed the ball against the U.S. in the finals. He was money. He was yeah. absorbing just bombs and, and putting him right on he, the setter's head. He's gotten very little attention, obviously, because of Alexander uh, Alexei Verbov. But I think people are going to start, especially because we haven't had a Russian real like national team season yet that much since uh, Verbov retired. But now, definitely when we have VNL this year and World Championships, Olympics, and stuff. People are gonna start to know his name a lot more. I agree. I think he's really good. So, but yeah, that's interesting that his his numbers are better than Shoji's this year. Monty wants to know what you guys think of Balasso. Where do you rank Balasso? I think the way he got blown up there, especially by Kokonovsky in that that golden set. That that <laughs> like was in un- in, a, in the same way that the the three outsides for Zaxa got bumped up. Balasso, I'm gonna notch you down a little bit because that, there's no uh, way. There's no way that you should be getting ace like that. It wasn't. It wasn't. A, it was a good serve. It wasn't. No, you know, the, it wasn't a the only thing about that serve is that it wasn't missed into the net or out of bounds. That is the only credit that you can give Kokonovsky because his Straight serve up. was awful that game. Awful. Uh, but Belasso, that that ball was was centimeters off of his off of his left left arm and his platform. That that is an unforgivable mistake if you think you're going to be a top level libero to shake that ball. The, the one that Juan Torreira got aced on in the end was at least a little bit more difficult of a serve. He had to reach down into his right and um, kind of went off his wrist bone, I think, straight into the floor rather than off the flat part of his platform. So, so many that one first, was that one was kind of weak too, though. It, it was pretty weak. Yeah, Kashmirik won the match on an ace, but that was a very passable ball. Uh, the Blossa one was worse. That that was that was <laughs> was really bad. Yeah. So, <laughs> who's who's the best Italian-born libero, right? In your opinion, is it Kalachi? Kalachi. I think it's Kalachi. It's got to be Kalachi. Yeah, probably Kalachi. But my most underrated Italian libero who no one ever talks about, Domenico Cavicini. He'll always be my favorite uh, Italian libero. Where's Uh, who's he play for? (laughs) Um, I think he plays uh, in the the second division this year. Oh, my God. Dan, uh, please. (laughs) uh, Well, he he was one of the leading, like, Reception stats, guys, for for quite a while, um, in, in, um, the, in the first league. The chat, the chat is bringing up. Um, Cavaccini plays for Cisterna, um, and then uh, okay. what about Rossini? Toto Rossini. Eh, Rossini is yeah. fine. He's had a good Sorry. year for Modena, but no, not not about it. All right, it's fine. He's uh, fine. It seems like the chat. You're just pulling out like Italian. Like I feel like no one watches. Um, no B one watches Italian volleyball <laughs> other than Dan. Yeah, you know, Dan chirps me for watching Czech league volleyball, but he's Why out here you watching. Watch Czech... I Guys, mean, I have friends that play is the libero on Milano, which has Yuki Ishikawa and Steven Marr, our two favorite players. Pesaresi's fine. Fine. That's <laughs> fine. Rob's. Rob is. Yeah, he's fine. He's, yeah, he's fine. okay. <laughs> I don't have any, anything more to say about him. So uh, I don't know if we have anything else to say about Lube Zoxo before we move on from that. But uh, that was, as far as golden sets go, uh, that's as good as it gets right there. Yeah, especially you know, again after Zoxo loses three nothing and they win the golden set sixteen fourteen. That was that was sick. The, the The celebration was unreal from the team too. Yeah. Could you imagine if there had been fans there? Oh my god! Especially that that game was in Zox, or in <sighs> Kesterjan, whatever. Uh, oh, that would have been just so electric. That would have been like an all-time scene. The, even the like, amount even of noise. Looked, oh. Imagine the Mona game 
in week one too. Yeah, when Gen- when Jenia dug those two balls in Modena, could you imagine if that if Tommy like, if, if our boy Tommy had been we, there? Like we on. wouldn't have heard we wouldn't have heard from Tommy on the chat for like days. <laughs> it just would have been MIA. <laughs> yeah, ever by the way, like Dan and I can't see Twitch chat, but you can. So if if the guys are in there and they're chirping, then uh, it's it's on I, you. I, I, have it, I have it. Yeah. I have it here as well. Oh, you do. Yeah, okay. and, and anything that that's coming up, I mean. It's it's it looks like basically they just took the Discord chat to the Twitch. <laughs> it's the usual suspects. <laughs> Which, it was, it's it's the usual suspects. I mean, love yeah, you guys. I, so it's we're 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 just building from the from the inside out. I mean this this will go on the on the volleyball source channel. So once again, if anyone wants to come join our Discord, it's free. Um, it'll be in the show notes at the at the bottom. It's on it's on the website. Just come in, click that link, join. Um, it's lit and. And then start using the spicy emoji because oh, uh, that's strictly. that's what we do. All right, uh, Zenit Kazan, Skrab Elkatov. Uh, thoughts? Skrab took the first. It looked like it might be happening briefly, and then it wasn't happening anymore. Skrab's got a lot of gusto, you know. Like they've done this in a lot of matches this year, in big matches where they come out of the the, the gate just flying, and then they they can't keep keep up with it, and. Uh, the reality is, 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 I think we've talked about it a lot, is that they need a new right side. You know, Petkovic is is not good enough, and Lomach is just is just very average. You know, if they had if they had uh, a setter who was a step up, they could make that squad work. But with how average Lomach has been this year, and how streaky and unreliable Petkovic is, there's just no matter how good Abadapur and, and Sander are going to be doing, there's just they're, they're just not a complete team at the moment. Those are very good adjectives you just used. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think Womach is average. I think Petkovic is streaky and unreliable. I think those are very, very good descriptors. Uh, yeah, the, the rumor is that they're getting Alexander Atanasiyevic next year. That would be an upgrade, we think, but we don't really know what to expect from Atanasiyevic these days. These days, definitely a gamble. But the yeah, setters, I mean, Wolmach doesn't do, doesn't jump off the page with anything he does. He doesn't block. Sometimes, sometimes he pulls off and doesn't block like the same way Tony Udi does. Uh, is, he doesn't, isn't he like six four as well? He, no, he's not that big. He, he's, okay, okay. he can't be can't be taller than six two. But like, still, uh, he doesn't make a difference blocking. He doesn't make a difference serving. I don't. I don't get the impression that he makes a difference in backcourt defense, and then the offense that he sets is is it's fine, I guess. So yeah, I think they they need a little bit of an upgrade there. I mean, Polish national team, same problem. I think everybody at the center position right now is just a little bit too average. I think that's pretty clearly their biggest weakness. Well, yeah, I mean, a lot of people say Fabian Drisha is the answer. I no, think he's not. He's, I think it's not. Yeah. He's marginally better than Womach, and I think that's yeah. about but, it. Is Drishka playing in Asia this year somewhere? Where is he? Oh, he's playing Rosovia. No, he's Rosovia. See, Drishka to me, he's that. he's very Luciano Dicheco esque. No, um, he's not. Nobody is Luciano Dicheco esque. What are you talking about? It, it, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> let me let me back this up here. In the terms of the way he approaches the game, he is more of an setter as opposed to like a, a like a a system setter you know he's got very very good hands he gets to the ball late he's lazy he's able to find his hitters but he's a little bit streaky sometimes because he relies on his skill and like his ability as opposed to you know playing volleyball sometimes you know you know what i mean or like fundamentals okay yeah but he also isn't as good and like i'm not at all making the same comparison like he's very much a lytle version of um of Checo, like he wishes he could be Checo, but he isn't, you know. And then you know, and that that's always my like like Druska can make some absolutely insane sets sometimes, and sometimes he can like he can make those highlight plays. But then there's other times where just like, you know, the the ball is a little bit off, and he's getting there late, and he's getting there with his hands, and he's turning and just chucking, and it's 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 not great, right? So that's why like you know he's definitely a poor man's Checo. Okay, I, see, I don't I hate that. It. It's a good justification. Yeah, I don't. I agree. I don't. But, I don't but, hate that. But for Kazan versus Beltadov, I mean, the thing is, if one hitter is is hitting poorly, 
maybe that's their fault. If every pin hitter is hitting poorly, that's usually the setter's fault. And in this one, uh, 23 for 69, the three outside hitters combined. As it, oh my god, that is awful. Hit, attack percentage, not wow. efficiency. So right, percentage. so 33, 33% kill rate for pins. That's awful. Yeah, really, really I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I've seen an attack rate that bad. Of like all of all season, all of the all of the sheets I've watched. Well, that's just I've pins. Like if you include middles, I'm sure it goes up. But but yeah, yeah but close right. close three for seven. Ouch! So not great. Huber five for seven is all right. Where's Beniak on here? Ouch, uh, six for ten, Beniak. But still not like even when you include those guys, you still would not get to fifty. For sure not. Uh, no. Wow. That that is. Wow. You're not kidding. It's it's, it's the Dravid. It's the, I think we should name this the, the I don't know the theorem of Dragan Travitsa or something. That's like if if all the setters or if if one hitter is playing badly, that's on them. If all the hitters are playing badly, you you replace the you setter. You can blame the setter uh, in that point. Oh, 100 percent. And um, that is the the Dragan Travitsa Perugia problem this year, without question. Even if like if you can't get Wilfredo Leon to 50% kill rate, not even 50% efficiency, then you don't deserve a spot on the court. Yeah. It was... Ah, um... oh, damn. I was trying to see if we could get uh, TJ, TJ Sander. You know who's the... He's the uh, setter, one of the setters for Team Canada. He's currently you, up, up north you gotta, in Canada. You gotta be careful, because T- there's TJ Sanders and yes. there's Taylor Sander. Uh, yeah, TJ so... Sanders. I know the difference, but it, it's it's very important that we get that clear. Oh yeah, T.J. Sanders is the man. I love his game. I wish that he were yeah. healthy for your sakes. Yeah, he is currently uh, currently up north, and I was trying to convince him to come on the. I was like, let's do a podcast, and I was going to be like, yo, just come join, hop on with us. Let's, let's come chill, and That'd he's like, fun. I'd love to, but the Wi-Fi couldn't take it. He's like up. He's in like up north, in in the territories, or he's like northern Quebec, like. If he's saying a, there's a blizzard, it's probably like minus forty to five degrees Celsius, and you know there's probably like fifty feet of snow. Or so four he's or five so he's he's outside. up there. He's way up there. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, what were we talking about? I got distracted there by uh, we were by TJ. we were ripping on uh, Scrub Elkatov's offense. I mean, Zenit Kazan has a lot to do with that. Their strengths are. They're serving a good hard team. And, They're a really and good being team. a very very good blocking team. So, uh, they they looked they looked comfortable. I, I think them versus Zox is going to be a really good matchup. Uh, Bed Norris was pretty good. Ingapeth was good. Mikhailov is the man, and everyone else was fine. So uh, I don't have that much more to say about that. Really, I think the final score was three two, but after Kazan went up two one, Scrab won the first. Kazan won sets two and three, and then it was over. Like we said, all they need to do is win two sets. So I think the bench got put in. They got Kazan got stomped in set four, and nobody just nobody mm-hmm. cared at that point. I definitely stopped watching after set three. Yeah, no, same. Um, moving on to the last quarterfinal, Trento against Berlin. This one was never really. Unf- this was the one that I called for it to be a golden set because I believed that Ben Patch could, you know, come out with with something, and uh, it just never happened. Oh, Everett, you you poor misguided child. Uh, I've I've watched Ben Patch play for too long to have had that amount of faith. Ouch, ouch, ouch! Like the the Canadian guy has more faith in your guy than than the American does. It's based on sample size, man. I looked like it's it really it wasn't Ben Patch's fault that they lost this match. They just had absolutely no way of scoring points on serve. They couldn't block anybody. Uh, they couldn't serve hard enough to take Trentino out of system, and that was it. Uh, pretty much at every single position, Trentino is just better than Berlin. I'm trying to think of if there are any exceptions to that, and, they, and they I really execute, don't think like, there are. Like Trentino and and Zaxa are, in my eyes, the teams that execute at the highest level in the world. Trentino and they're, is a very good execution team. Like they they just take care of the little details. Um, and that's why it's it's. Like the next round is going to be a battle. It's going to be like this. We've got two very, very semifinals. Yeah, because uh, like Perugia inside. Perugia played Trentino in the semifinals of the Italian Cup, 
And on Dan mm-hmm. and I's show, I actually picked Trentino to win that match, and they got destroyed. Like Perugia, like rolled over them three nothing. Like the the key to beating Trentino is to, is taking them out of their comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Like that's, I mean, that's the case with all the volleyball teams, but especially Trentino. If you can't put them under any pressure, like Berlin was completely unable to do, then then you just can't stop them. Uh, Namir is too good. Uh, you you have to make Namir hit like, I don't know. 300 or less efficiency on very high volume. You got to take Trentino really far out of system to make them vulnerable. And also you have to hope that either Lucarelli or Dick Coy is a bad game. And it seems like every single game these days, Dick Coy goes to the bench midway through set one and Micheletto comes in and plays better. Just start Micheletto uh, already. Just do That's it. what I've been saying. That's what I've been saying for months. Uh, but Rossini has been good. Uh, Pradashan has been good. Lisnach has been maybe a little bit below his normal like world-beating status, but he's been fine. Uh, Gianelli's great. Really, yeah. A, a team is going to have to make Trentino really uncomfortable in order to beat him. And uh, there's one team that can be weird enough to make them uncomfortable. Uh, I think Perugia might be that team. So semis are going to be fun. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think um, Trentino's ability to a take care of the details, but like you said, like you have to put them way far out of out of system to put, put them outside of the comfort zone. And I mean, let's be honest though, Trentino was used to playing outside their comfort zone. They've done it this year. They played without a setter. They had Namir do that. And that's what's changed their season, right? Well so said. Well for, said. for them, it's 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 that battle tested team early in the season. A little bit like Busto, like Busto on the women's side had a terrible start to the season. And now they've won 14 in a row and they've beat the only team in the basically the only teams they haven't beat are Abacuf Bank who they're playing next. And Conigliano, you know, they beat Navarra, they beat all the other teams in in um, in in the Italian Women's League. So they, they, I think Trentino believes in themselves past just by past being, you know, like we're all good volleyball players. I think they believe in themselves as a team, and I think Trentino believes in themselves as, as a team, and I think Zaxa believes in, in themselves as a team, especially after the way that you know that they they obviously had to come together to beat Lube. And I think that's two very dangerous places for both of those teams to be. In. I'm on. I'm on board. I'm on board with that take. I don't. I don't know. I think the matchup with Perugia. Uh, we already saw in the last couple of games. It's, it's really tough for Trentino because yeah, Perugia is one of the few teams that can take them out of their execution, out of their system offense, and they're not the strongest um, out of system team at least at this level. And, and I don't know. I, I do. I don't know about the comparison with Busto though, Everett, because Trentino we all thought was going to be really good. At the start of the season, like I remember right. when the Lucarelli signing happened, it was like, damn, like Trentino could be like the best team in Italy. Um, and when they signed Pedrashin in as well, um, Busto, I, I don't know, I'm still maybe I'm still not 100% sold on them, but uh, I feel like we were expecting them to be a mid tier team. And I know that's I know that's Alexa Grace Lander, and she's amazing, but... <laughs> dude. Like the fact that she's not getting MVPs, this is the one of the things me the most heated right now. Like the past three games that she's played in Italy, she scored twenty plus points, and none of them. Like she's she's scoring twenty plus points, passing over fifty percent of the balls, and she's not getting MVPs. I don't understand no. it. They're just being like, "Oh yeah, one middle, cool." You MVP awards are arbitrary. I I don't like them. It's At least like the way bullshit. the Europe does them. No, I I really like the MVP awards. Um, no. I think it's something that North American I, sports should one hundred percent incorporate. I. I think it'd be I awesome agree with like that. The Raptors playing My the league Lakers, doesn't. like Kyle Lowry, like had a really good game. Boom! Let's give Kyle Lowry the MVP. Yeah, the My league, league does them, but yeah, exactly. uh, we choose them by like the actual best player that match. Like we wouldn't overlook a performance like Alexa Grace. Anyway, uh, uh, Dan, what do you think about the comparison from Busto to Vibo Valencia? Uh, Busto, yeah, just that in would terms be of better. that would ex- be better ex- expectations at the no. beginning of the season. Now, Busto is playing better now than Vibo is. They're reaching higher heights than Vibo can possibly because they're not in Champions League. Busto in, in Champions League semifinals is a ridiculous Cinderella story. Better than no, anything. Busto, yes, yes, it is. Okay, Are you is. kidding Busto me? Busto is a top, top four Busto in all a, of Europe? That, but no, like, that, that is it, an all-time all, Cinderella it's, story. It's, no, it's happened before for them. They've been to that, they've been to that spot before. Busto's a good team. Like this is like Busto had a lot. Like I'm pulling up their volleyball. Like last year, last year they finished second in the Italian Cup, and 
Yes. Like but, the year before, like, they lost 2019, they, they wanted the, the CEV Cup. Like 2019, they were fifth in, in the, you know, they're not Vibo who won five years. That's a ridiculous comparison. Like Vibo uh, went from the basement, year. like a team, a team like being in the basement to being one of the top teams in the league. That's huge. But Busto is like a team. At all. Like, like Busto's a team that plays Champions League, you know, maybe not on a regular basis, but is in European competitions on the regular basis. Like, that's not, it's not a, a, a relegation level team. No, I'm, like, Tom, I'm, I'm, talking I'm sorry, this but this year, this year they, they had Tom, Tom similar is agreeing levels of expectations. Tommy is, is agreeing with me in the Twitch. In, 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 in the chat right now. I mean, they've, they've lost, like, an all-star team of players, though. They're, like, lost, like, more than a level players with Britt Herbots right. they, and Haley they Washington. Ex- they develop good players and then immediately lose them. Especially, like, the, I feel, okay, maybe this is, give it, like, a little controversial, but I feel like the reason why they were good last year was, like, mostly because of Britt Herbots and her, like, breakout season from all-star to, like, MVP-level player. I don't know. And then losing her was... was Killer man, this Which current was, team with with Brit Herberts though would be would be nice. ridiculous. I, I think I liked the Busto beat Navarre the other week just because of that individual storyline. I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, the, it's there's no like perfect one to one comparison between Busto and any of the men's teams. They've got Trentino elements, they've got Vibo elements, uh, but they they're similar to Trentino in that they've got a chance to go to the goddamn Champions League finals of all things. Like which. I would not have picked that. I obviously wouldn't have picked that for Busto. I wouldn't have picked it for Trentino either. I, even preseason, when, when we thought that they were going to be really good, I still wouldn't have picked that, especially because we knew that they were going to have to go through like the qualifying levels of Champions League to even get the fourth round. So, I'm, I'm just going to say here from the chat, from Monty Johnson, Busto is a woman's Italian big four, in my opinion. They lost a lot of great players, but it's not like the replacements are bad. And they side Stefanovic and Mingardi, who are among the their best in Italy's in their role, and Gray as well, who was a top top scorer last year for for Scandici. So I'm just saying that like that Vivo Valencia to Busto comparison, like like to me, like Busto is more along the lines of a Trentino or a Scra. Nope. Like a, a team, a, a, a top four team, a top four team that's not having as good of a season this year. Maybe the Scrog comparison is good, actually. That, that could be good. Um, it's a team that has really good players, but also lacking in some... In some yeah, I, well. I could see that. I could see that. I mean, I'm going re- to remind you that Busto's beaten every single team ahead of him in the standings, other than uh, Egonu. Or not Egonu. Well, I mean, it pretty much is Egonu, <laughs> but uh, other than <laughs> Canigliano, right? I don't know, but but the Monty Johnson Busto equals Trento comparisons have to be made. Thank you very much. I am vindicated. What's next? <laughs> These, it's not like they're Italians and they follow the league really closely or anything. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't value their opinions at all. No, ridiculous. The the Vacu Bank matchup though is going to be extremely <laughs> spicy. Vacu Bank absolutely tough. punched Police in the face like repeatedly. That that was Dude, like, the most lopsided like Champions League playoff matchup I may have ever seen. It was it was ugh, ouch. It, it it really showed to me how like the way that Reshov Reshov and um the Chemic Police did at the Champions League really showed how Poland is not it's not there yet. Like the the Torin Liga is not at the level of Italy. They're not at the level of of Turkey. Yeah, I could have told you that, uh, but yeah, I was ex- I was hoping for something a little bit better out of Police. They could have at least taken the set. Well, no, I I shouldn't expect them to be able to beat Bakufank, but uh, it, it would have been nice for it to be have been a little more competitive. Uh, but Bakufank looks looks sick. They look yeah. so good right now. Guys, I, I thought of this in the shower this morning, but you know, Isabel oh, Hack, one of the best uh, opposites in the world. I think Giovanni Guidetti on the last podcast said she was top three. I think you guys can guess who the other two are. But considering she's just such a big part of Vakafank, I think we should start calling them Hakafank. <laughs> <laughs> the new uh, the, the team. I'm going to coin it. If Isabel Hawk winning MVP for Vakafank in the finals, Hakafank Istanbul. There you go. Are we allowed to like disconnect him from the podcast, Everett? Can we like kick him <laughs> off the stream? Or... 
<laughs> yeah. Then we'll see what happens next because of the the European volleyball podcast. Yeah, that's right. I I, sh- I shouldn't tempt fate like that. Uh, actually, I, I'm I'm kind of in on on the pun. I'm I'm here for it. <laughs> Tom, Tommy, I don't like where you're going with that one. <laughs> what one thing to know, like Vox Bank has Hockey has Bank. get out of here, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Bank has like a lot of their players signed for next year, right? or five players signed for next year. Gunes, Ackman, Barch, Gumar, and Ozbe. I mean, what are they, whatever they have going on right now is uh, is working, but Isabel Hawk is, is definitely the big one there. Yeah, she is insane. So yeah, it's 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 a heat check for both teams, Busto and Hockey Bank. <laughs> See, you're gonna you're damn it, Dan. You got me. Damn it. <laughs> I can't <laughs> believe it. Uh, yeah, Busto's on the run of a lifetime. Uh, Vakif Bank is, has been pretty much untouchable lately. It's, it's, a, it's an unstoppable force versus, versus a movable object sort of matchup. Yeah. It's cool. And then the other side is just a sick. Like, Novara and Fagliano, like, come on. That, that, that's going to have that's... it all. I wish it was more than a two-match series. It's like an Italian men's playoffs kind of series. And a yeah, Champions I, League I, 2019 I... finals rematch. That is correct. I forgot about that. I really like watching Navarro play. And it really comes down to Haley Washington and Mikey Hancock. But actually, no, Britt Harbots too. They, like, the entire squad is like, that. you can tell that they have fun together. You can tell that they have a good vibe together. Yeah. They're, they're very offensively minded and they're very, run such a high powered offense. And I love, wa- I love watching it. And I, I love watching Micah Hancock. I've been watching Micah Hancock and Haley Washington for longer than any of you combined because I saw them in real life play both as freshmen in college uh, in my gym at Purdue, and they were disgusting then, and they're disgusting now. Uh, They're great friends on and off the court, obviously. Uh, Washington on the slide is a sick run. Um, But I talked about Hancock serving on the last European volleyball show, and that's... A, a weapon unlike anything else in the women's game in the world. It is just insane how her volume of aces, the pressure she puts on at minimal error sacrificing. It's 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 unbelievable. We just got a Bozzetti as Draymond Green. Uh, <laughs> elaborate. Elaborate. I, I, it was in the I, stat. It, it was, I need I need a little bit more. Doing, doing all the garbage on the team, yeah. defense and second second touches. I mean, so, she is kind of a grinded-out kind of player. She's a grinder. I, I could say that. She was sick in the first match against uh, whoever it was that they played. I, I already forgot who they were able to beat so easily. Uh, Fenerbahce. Yeah. The, the, she MVP'd that match because she had like 22 points on, and scored a, in a million different ways. You know what? I don't hate that Draymond Green comparison I'll, as a player. I hate Draymond Green as a person. I think he's an asshole, but uh, I, I don't have any reason to think that about Bassetti, but maybe maybe he's onto something with the play style. Yeah, I, I I kind of agree, you know, that that workman's attitude where, you know, they they have that like because obviously like that team is gonna key in on Britt Herbots and and on Haley Washington and stuff like that. Smarzek so too is playing really well right now. Actually yeah, I, I actually always forget about Smarzek and Smarzek's a beast. She's a she's little awesome. bit scary. Yeah. She's scary. She's <laughs> she, she, she's she's a she's a little bit scary. But she's the in, nicest in person in real life, though. I have to say. Oh, is she? Like, awesome. So super super nice. Really really pleasant. It's it seems I I have a vibe that like Polish Polish women are all very nice. Yeah. Like it, it it seems like I've, I've never dealt comparison to the men. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> that's, interesting. That's, that's, I have a few stories. That's spicy. Let's say in this podcast, um, but those are offline yeah, stories. Yes. Those are those are offline stories. Those are volleyball source after dark podcast stories. Oh, um, that 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 needs to happen sometime. But yeah, as as for Bazzetti, like I I agree. Like she has that ability to like just like I'm gonna pass well. I'm gonna play good defense. I'm gonna set a good block. I'm gonna do all of the little like, volleyball things that are are need to be done for my team to win. But hey, if other guys aren't gonna, if the other players in the team aren't gonna be able to get the job done, give me the ball and I'm gonna put it away you know that's that's like the salty earth type of player that that every coach loves yeah dude navarro's sick they shut down a pretty good fenerbahce team by limiting their options to pretty much just melissa vargas and they figured out how to slow her down enough to to fire with fire back with all their their weapons it was 
it was a, a, a pretty convincing just the way that they handled the matchup. Uh, but now Canegliano is like built a little bit similarly to Fenerbahce, but ever so slightly better at every single position. Uh, so there, there's a reason why they've won 51, 52 matches in a row. I don't remember. Yeah, 50 plus matches in a row. Uh, for, it's at least 51 because they won 50. Completely ridiculous number. One. Um, yeah, I'm. I mean, yeah, I, uh, it's hard to pick. Like, what was to pick any team to beat Canigliano? I'd want it to be Navarra, um, but it's it's hard to pick against. But at the, at the same time, it was also hard to to pick against uh, Lube. They've been they've been undefeated since two or late 2019. No, nobody was nobody really has ever been undefeated like Canigliano on the men's side or anywhere else. That that kind of a run. Except for maybe Zenit Kazan and their unbeatable days, that that's like an unforeseen run that just doesn't happen. Yeah, it, it really it in it was interesting to watch because, um, I think maybe the most passionate and uh, overbearing fans on YouTube comment sections after the Turkish <laughs> people are Serbs uh. <laughs> with declaring Tiana Boscovich the best player in the world, and I think yesterday it really showed how you know. Uh, maybe she wasn't at the same level as Agono because she wasn't able to, to carry Exabashi. She was doing a she was doing a good job, but the rest of Exabashi is not even close to as good as the rest of Canigliano. We've got to talk about that. Uh, Dan agrees Facts. with me. Facts. It's not even close, not even close. That the rest of Canigliano is so much better than the rest of Exabashi. It's not even close. Um, we I. I actually give Boscovich all the credit in the world because in the first leg against Busto, they were missing three other starters to COVID protocol, and they set Boscovich every single ball, and everyone in the gym knew it, and she still hit like 400. It was outrageous. So it doesn't matter. Uh, she's amazing. She is very, very good. Is she the best player in the world? Probably not. Uh, is she the most important to her club team right now? I think Dan made this argument a couple weeks ago. Um, mm. Probably. I'm she- she very well may be the most important on the women's side, the most important player to a given team in club. I'm, I, I'm, I'm here for this take. I like that. I would argue that. Dan argued that first. He gets the credit for, for that take. But yeah, uh, Boscovich I, I, is thick. She is, the, she is the, the, the favorite of many a YouTube chat. That's guys, true. Guys, wait, 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 till, wait till the national team season this summer. Then we're all going to be like, damn, can't believe we didn't think Boscovich was the best in the world. Like She's going to win MVP of the Olympics, like MVP... BNL, MVP were European Championships, Triple Crown. She's she's the real deal. And the fact that's, that she's doing so take. well when it chats about see, like that they need to upgrade their setter next year. Like for if, sure. Compared to the other top teams, it's 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 like Perugia and Dragon Chavitza. Like <laughs> like they just got lost out in like the the domestic setter sweepstakes, especially when Yansu Osbe is sitting on the bench for Vacuus Bank. Like you you like you have to go and grab like when you have one of your national teams that are sitting on the bench for it's another. It's like club. Dmitry Kovalev sitting on the bench for Zenit St. Petersburg. Yeah, except Dmitry Kovalev's mm. better, obviously. <laughs> no, Yansu's sick. Oh, I'm a damn. huge, I'm a huge Yansu fan. Uh, oh, damn. she's she's really good. I honestly, think she could be starting, uh, maybe even over Nas this summer. Maybe. Uh, yeah, she she needs to be somewhere in club where she can start. That that's exactly. a no brainer. That's a no brainer. I mean, you're you're sitting behind Maya. That you're not going anywhere there. But you can go make Shashibasi a little bit better. I, I I like that take. That that makes sense to me. By the way, it's funny. Maya yeah. Yenovich after she won MVP in that match is like, really? Well, okay, Oz, Oz, sure. <laughs> Oz, Ozbe is already signed to Vakif Bank for next season, and Maya isn't. Yes, was, maybe she's ready. Right? Like I think she's she's. Clearly, a starting level setter, even on top Turkish team, in my opinion. Yep, I yeah, agree. So, I guess Amaya is going to Ojin. How do you how do you pronounce the name Ojinovic? Ojinovic. 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 Ooh, you you're starting to get that those uh, European names down, eh? Dan, well, I I get to hear broken English all day, every day. So. <laughs> no, it's not broken. It's just uh, uh, European English is 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 its own language. I'll say that. Agreed. There's Monty's putting a nice little pronunciation guide for us in the chat right now. Thanks, Monty. Thanks, thanks, Monty. Yeah, maybe it's, it's a bit more of a teach at the end. The E, the long E at the end.
So I hope you guys enjoyed that talk between me, Rob, and Everett. Some spicy, spicy takes in there, but it's all in good fun. Remember to tell your friends about the 5-1 Volleyball Podcast. If any of your teammates or anything are also volleyball fans, would love them to check out the podcast and YouTube channel and Instagram as well. And also, if you could leave me a rating on iTunes, that would be fantastic and really help the podcast grow to find a new audience as well. So as always, I hope everyone enjoys the weekend, watches some volleyball, has a good time. Bye, everyone.